Awesome date. November 2nd, 2009. Awesome topic. Well, too bad. Because you're already. This is the Awesome Cast. folks and welcome back once more to the awesome cast i'm basil i'm rail i'm kevin and that's us we're here sitting back in awesome central casa de la inobito well he's asleep that's okay de la inobito so he's a woman (laughs) find de la inobito whatever here doing no you were right the first time he does sure Sure he does. We didn't break right. in or anything. Hazel, you were right the first time. <laughs> Let's go on. But we didn't break into his house at all. To at all. Record this gorilla style. That we'll leave it on his doorstep for him to edit. <laughs> yeah. No, no, wow, he, Basil, he, that was actually kind of scary. He knows we're here. We just watched a movie. So there you go. Okay, basics. Awesomecast.com, O-S-M-C-S-T. Perhaps you heard of it. I don't know. Maybe that's probably how you got here. Probably how they're listening to this at all. Now, we also have, of course, the comment section for every post. So if you want to leave a comment on the podcast in question, you may do so. Or complain about how I haven't updated yet. That's fine, too. It, those may or may not get deleted or edited as I see fit. Update but the podcast. Totally can do that. Um, there is also the email, awesomecast at gmail.com. Send us emails. We like them. We will read them. We can have emails. It's true. And of course, the most underutilized awesome line 209 awesome line or 209. Six seven six five four six three. But it's way cooler when you say two zero nine awesome line. That's O S M L I N E. That's correct. Oh yeah. So that's the way you can contact us. Please check us out. Also, of course, check out the archives. We've done many, many episodes. You should look at them and see if you would like to listen about more things. Let's see how many Awesomes we've got. We are. This is going to be actually show. Um, I guess fifty-seven. Wow. Fifty-seven. We've. We broke the fifty episode barrier a while back, and this is not even including like the interviews or awesome craps or anything. This is just pure up, straight up actual episodes. So fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. Man. Better than fifty-six. It's true. Yeah. So, I guess, shall we move straight into the world of awesome? Any 
disagreements? Well, I did have one moment of awesome. Well, we're going to do a moment of awesome just after the world of awesome. Oh, okay. world is awesome. Isn't it usually the other way around? I switch it up. No. Oh, okay. Maybe. I see. You like variety. That's right. Got to keep them on the toes. Except we always do the same things. Just, yeah. All right, guys. All right, guys. They've, they finished the film production for the new CGI space battleship Yamato. And they announced some TV specials. There we go. Woo. Woo. motto. Fucking motto. Okay, that's it. Yeah, my fucking motto. Speaking of CG, Astro Boy has hit the theaters. Wow. And if you haven't seen it yet, well, I haven't seen it yet either. So, but at least some people have. It was a number six on the box office charts. It was at 3,014 theaters. It got a little over seven million bucks, even though it cost sixty-five million to make. Woo-hoo! But hey, was it playing here? Yeah, yeah, it's playing here right now. Why didn't we go? I don't know that. Mm. Bad timing. I think it was bad timing. Like the time when I was actually able to go this week, I was dead tired and did not feel like leaving the house. No, I didn't feel like going anyway. But usually we go to stuff like this. Well, and then we have an excuse to review something, or you have review material for, like, I don't know, two months down the road. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like there's not a next week. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but this week, this is what we got, and it did better than some of the other anime-like movies, but still probably not enough to really make its money back. Do we know how, well, the... uh, do we know how well Ponyo did? Uh, I know that Ponyo's opening, um, its first weekend earned a little under... We're on about three and a half million. Uh, um, Dragon Ball earned uh, 4.75 million. Speed Racer got uh, 18 million. So, woo. Yeah. Go Speed Racer. Yeah. Go, Speed Go, Racer. Speed Racer. Go Speed Racer. And of course, the last Imagi film, which was Team and T, beat everybody up with uh, 24 million. Of course. So, of all those, Ponyo really had already made its money before it even came to the U.S. Well, that's true. That that's very, very true. And the rest of them had to actually have to actually make money here. It's true. So. And of course, you know, Astro Boy is also currently you know filming internationally in Japan and Korea and China and whatnot. So it's not just our market that it's aiming for. So hopefully, it'll make its money back, and maybe they can do more horribly imagined. Movies. They love Astro Boy in Japan. It's true. Yeah. They love Nicolas Cage in Japan, too. I don't know if that's going to help it any. <laughs> Probably I've not. heard he's the worst Tenma ever. Oh, they're just going to overdub him with, like, Mario Wakamoto or somebody much better. <laughs> the Japanese have they've planned a global anti-piracy effort. Oh, wow. No! They have a logo and everything. Oh, uh-oh. Coda. The Content Overseas Distribution Association. Oh, snap. They're serious this time, guys. The initiative will automatically search for videos that were submitted without authorization and demand that site administrator delete the unauthorized materials. Take that, YouTube. Wait, YouTube already does that. (laughs) Companies will include Toho, Studio Ghibli, Ghibli, or whatever you want to call it, and Sunrise. No! Sunrise is the only one I really care about. Currently, they're monitoring 10 to 15 works, such as Ponyo, 
and Gundam Double Zero. Good job, guys. Only ten to fifteen works. That probably doesn't cover any series I watch. <laughs> well, also they're only they're right now they're focusing on China. Uh, yeah, uh, take that China. But soon they're going to expand it to including number monitoring sites outside China. Oh snap! That's us. We're outside China now. Apparently, NHK News reported that uh, over. 38,000 Japanese animated videos are distributed without authorization on the internet every month. Really? So that's a lot of... Lots of videos. Now, of course, it helps when they do some things like they're planning to have Gundam Unicorn overseas simultaneous launch. They're going to have the DVDs and Blu-rays to actually have both the English... And the Japanese tracks already dubbed and voiced. Oh, snap. Along with um, five different subtitle tracks for English, French, Spanish, Chinese, and Japanese. I can watch my full frontal in English while reading Japanese subtitles. Or you can watch it in Japanese while reading French subtitles or Spanish subtitles. Sacre bleu. But not awesome ones like German or Norsk. Or Swahili. Gaelic. Russian. Those are right out. Dear Sunrise, I want Swahili subtitles in all my anime. Apparently they're also going to be distributing online via the PlayStation Store. Oh, snap. For the PS3 and PSP consoles. I can totally download this shit. Yep. Or buy the Blu-ray, like I'll probably do. So, you know, it's Gundam Unicorn. We've talked about it before. It's going to be based off... Uh, it's the it's the UC Century. Yeah. Or U- Universal Century. Century. That's UC. So, be neat stuff. Guy's name means totally naked. Yep, yep. Shit happens. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, hopefully good stuff. We haven't seen it yet or anything. Yeah, but... despite what the internet will tell you, like, hardly anybody in not in Japan actually knows what the hell this book is about. So <laughs> so hopefully we'll find out, and hopefully it'll be awesome. What the fuck has Square done to Bahamut? I'd ride that. I don't mean the summon, though. <laughs> like, I'm looking say... at... They, they finally have shown the some of the new... Um, the gestalt modes where you get to ride around on your giant summoned monsters and they've turned Bahamut into this chromed monstrosity it looks like one of the demons from brutal legend only not as cool oh it could be cool I'm looking at something else in that picture well that would probably be Obera Jungfang, whoever that is in the game. We'll find out one day, whenever it comes out in the U.S. And Saz has Brandhilder, or whatever, who's kind of like Antlion, only as a car. And it also looks kind of dumb. It's kind of taking the Final Fantasy twelve airships named after summons to strange new places. Well, have you seen uh, Slutnir, Odin's Horse? No, yeah. It's got zippers. So, of course it does. They they built zippers into a horse. Damn you. I repeat, they built zippers into... And not just, like, one zipper. There's, like, multiple zippers all throughout it. And 
Damn you and your zippers. I'm going to buy this game. Of course. And I will play it. Of course. And it might actually be good. It might. But, God... The, the things look stupid. I don't now, know. Now, maybe once they're moving and I'm killing stuff with them... They'll be more awesome. They'll be more awesome, but right now... We can only hope. They look dumb. I think it's kind of cute in a ugly sort of way. The DSi is getting giganto screens. Nobody cares. Not just for seniors. Well, maybe it is. More importantly, the guy who designed Katamari has an idea for a first-person shooter. Katamari da BFS? Yes, Katie uh, Takahashi. He is the guy behind Katamari Damashi and Nobinobi Boy. He is a kooky dude. And this is his idea for an FPS. Quote, he uh, said this to the game site develop. I had this idea for an FPS where the player's character grows in size, gets bigger and bigger as the game progresses. But as you get bigger, some weapons are too small for you to use, so you have to improvise. Maybe throw airplanes at the enemies. That sort of stuff. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I have this idea of making a fun and unique FPS. With the right team, it would be a good FPS. With the wrong team, it would be a crappy FPS. <laughs> it's true. If you have a good team, you'll have a good game. If you have a bad team, you'll have a bad game. Best idea in the world won't save you from a crappy game if you have a team that doesn't know what the hell they're doing. That's right. No matter how big or how small you let your character be. Yeah. 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 So. Well, only if you like start out so small you like crawl up people's ears and blow up their brains and then you get so big you like throw Godzilla's at people. That'd be awesome. What if you're like dual wielding Godzilla's? Dual wielding Godzilla, Godzilla Chucks. Godzilla Chucks. That, I think it's going to be a bold new directions for first person shooters. Godzilla Chucks. And that's it for the news, so we shall move straight on, boldly, forth, into a moment of awesome. It's a moment of awesome. Alright, Rail. Am I the only one with a moment of awesome? Oh, I've got a moment of awesome, but it's the same as Kevin's moment of awesome. It probably is, isn't it? (laughs) So, um, my moment of awesome is that I finally figured out which... uh, current generation system I'm going to get. That's PS3, and the only reason for that is uh, Artanelico 3 was announced about a month ago for PS3 with a January release date in Japan, which means if it's going to come out here in North America, it's probably going to be released on the same system. Uh, I had a feeling that uh, NIS slash Gus was leaning toward um, putting most of their new RPG titles for the PS3, although they seem to be experimenting with the other systems as well, just to see which one would best, uh, which platform would best fit the, what, uh, what, what their future RPGs would entail. And I, I kind of figured they would pick PS3. So Japan hates Xbox. Yeah, exactly. Of course, sadly, they well, only the barely only other tolerate option PS3. For them really, in their home market, would have been the Wii, and I don't think, uh, I, I didn't think they would pick that. So, and that's my moment of awesome. Which you think is kind of funny since, you know, the Wii is much more, you know, budget-oriented. Yeah. And those games tend to be designed with a budget in mind. Well, here's the weird thing about that. They were designed with somewhat of a budget in mind, even on their PS2 platform. But AT3, uh, supposedly, based on the previews, is going to have full 3D, like, 
controls, that sort of stuff that a lot of uh, higher-end RPGs on the PS2 took advantage of. So they're not cheap, cheaping out with this. So that's another thing that makes me happy about it. But is it like one of their big things is how unique they look since they're all pretty much 2D games? Not necessarily. So are they really... That is one of the things that... I think that's totally well, true. Like, I mean, every single RPG I've ever seen them release has actual, you know, is, is sprites on, on backgrounds. It's not actual 3D stuff, and that's what gives it its unique look. It does. And if they just throw together another crappy 3D RPG, you know, it's just going to be yet another 3D RPG. It's going to lose its... What makes it neat. Mm. So, of course, again, this is the same people who, when Disgaea 3 looked just like Disgaea 2, only on PS3. And there was nothing wrong with that. So, who knows? We'll see how it goes. But you don't have to uh, radically alter character designs to, to make gameplay much more rewarding. So... Speaking of quirky RPGs that are 3D but still yet somehow some somewhat retain a sort of a 2D quality. I've been playing, and I'm pretty sure Kevin's also been playing, a, a wonderful little DS game called Nostalgia. Nostalgia. It's being released by Ignition, which, you know... Originally made by Tecmo and Red Company in Japan. Yeah. We remember them from Thousand Arms. They also, it's also developed by Matrix. You may remember them from Final Fantasy 3 and 4 on the DS. Or a lot of the other, like, I think they also did the base technologies for a lot of their other 3D games. Yeah. Matrix also is the people doing the grunt work for the new um, Final Fantasy Gaiden for Warriors of Light, which is the sort of their new, not quite kid-friendly, but new uh, Final Fantasy RPG on the DS. It's actually in a, fit, a brand new game. Looks really neat. But this one is as Nostalgia, or I think it was called Wings of Nostalgia in Japan. I think it was Winds of Nostalgia. Winds, that's right. I was listening to a Retronauts just today about it, and they made the exact same mistake I did. Winds Kudos. of Nostalgia. It's like Indiana Jones reimagined as a JRPG. But as a JRPG that, you know, came from the Wild Arms school of 32-bit. Not so much the Final Fantasy VII school of yes. 32-bit. Which suits me just fine. Because I loved Wild Arms. And Final Fantasy VII can suck a dick. Um, anyways. This game is... It's fun. Like, they very much know what makes an RPG work and did it. Yeah. You know, you've got pretty much an active time battle system. Very, remin- very reminiscent of Final Fantasy X. And that you have the list of characters on the bottom screen that tells you who's going when. And as you raise and lower, you know, your agility attributes, you can actually move faster or end up going slower. Each of your, you know, abilities seems to have different effects on how quickly you go in the timeline. And it works. It is, you know, very much, you know, you, when your turn comes up, you take your turn, you've got your, your, you attack your special abilities that takes, you know, MP. It is a, it is very much a classic style RPG that's new because we've never got to play it before. Yeah. 
Nostalgia is very apt. It does play like your. It's a classic RPG in style. It's kind of the bastard child of Wild Arms and Skies of Arcadia. Because you do have an airship, and you do have airship battles, and there are sky pirates. Those don't play like Skies of Arcadia. Like, I mean, you do have your world map. Like, you don't actually jaunter about walking around. No, no, no. You've got an airship from the get-go. And you fly that thing around everywhere. And uh, we haven't mentioned this, but uh, it's the Earth. It's the map of the actual Earth. It's sort of a, what, sort of steampunky Victorian era? Yeah, something in the manual mentions it being in the 19th century, but there's a very alternate universe, 19th century, with steampunk and magic. You know, not much pure steam billowing. It's more, you know, more the, what you would consider more the, the general generic steampunk aesthetic. It basically just boils down to there's airships and crap. Yeah. Which, you know, so if you've played a Final Fantasy game, Kind of like that. I would say more like Final Fantasies 4, 6, you know, the earlier ones, which would make sense since this is, again, nostalgic. nostalgic. You know, you're off fighting an evil cabal that looks like rejects from Big Fire. Lead him to death, Big Fire! Got your main hero, he's got a sword, your, whose name is Eddie, which is awesome, because the main guy in Brutal Legend's name is Eddie. So that means we got two awesome Eddies at the same time. Yeah. Now, we lose all the awesomeness when this his sidekick, or buddy, is named Pad. That's the worst name ever. He's totally a Pad. Like, Pad? pad. Really? <laughs> really? I mean, okay. Let's not talk about it anymore. Like, our, yeah, the, then you got the two female characters, the spunky... Almost Suzumiya-esque black mage, attack mage person named Melody. She might be French, given the general geographic location of her home village. It's true. Would be French. And Fiona, which almost sounds like Fina. Who's a white priestess. I.e. white mage. Who has mysterious powers. No word is where she's actually from. I'm betting Irish or Scottish. Maybe Italian. Could be. Could be. Your hero is British, by the way, as is probably his uh, unfortunately named friend. Yeah. Who his friend looks straight out of Wild Arms. He does. He like, has a pistol and everything. But you get to meet you know a dude that looks like Lupin and other wacky characters and Flyfoot Adventures. And what's neat is that the actual airship combat is still, in fact, somewhat different from. Your standard party combat. Your standard party combat is pure RPG. RPG. You you know it. So you start playing it. You'll figure it out immediately. Attack, spell, dodge, run. No, the ship stuff's a little bit different because um, what happens is you man the various weapons on the airship, and those you can actually equip and change out just like you can regular weapons. The trick is that you're all in the same ship. You you share the ship's life bar, not your own. And if the ship dies, well, you crash and burn, so it's game over. Yeah, no, and you got to watch out the higher... There's actually options of cruising at higher altitudes to get around mountains and such, and the enemies get a lot tougher. Like, when you, when you start going off in the mid-altitudes for a good long while, they will own your ass. 
Like, well, I'm talking persona level owning your ass. Like, you think you've got it, the next thing you know, they go three times, and they smatter your ships to smithereens. You, before you go up in altitude, you save that game, and you hope you don't run into anything before you get to somewhere you can go down to a lower altitude. Now, once, you know, you finally get Fiona leveled up pretty well, and she actually gets a magic spell that helps heal the ship. Gets easier. Then it gets easier and more manageable. They can still own you, but you have a fighting chance. Also, it makes it easier to repair your ship since she can heal the ship, then you can rest at an inn instead of having to find an actual airship dock to repair your ship. It's true. I do like the fact that when you level up, you do gain full um, HP and MP. Which means that, and usually they're really good. You can save anywhere on the map unless you're in a dungeon, and then you have to have save points. Now, usually. They're really good about having the save points right before bosses. This combined with you level up pretty at a pretty decent pace really does a good job of making me feel like I can do whatever I want in actual random battles. Like, there are many RPGs where I will refuse to use special abilities because, I don't know, I might need that MP later. Might have a boss fight and no save point. This one I actually had to play around and use all the various tools and special abilities I have in my arsenal and actually get to test them out on regular enemies and not be too worried about it because I know as soon as level up hits, I got my stuff back and I'll have a save point before I have to go, you know, traipsing off to fight the boss, which is good because these are pretty good sized levels. There's actually some wandering around, which is kind of nice. It's not just one straight path that might look like it has twists and turns. It really doesn't. Oh, Final Fantasy X. So, it's a good game. It's fun. It's enjoyable. You should totally play it. It's 35 bucks, but it's worth the extra 5 bucks you're paying for the RPG-ness of it. Surprisingly so, especially when I first saw screenshots of this game, I went, man, this looks like ass. But when it actually is moving, it looks really good. And it plays really good. Like, now, admittedly, it doesn't quite look as good as some of their other previous 3D efforts, like Final Fantasy IV. Probably because, you know, Tecmo and Red did not have the money to spend on it like Square does. But it still works. Got a very, I mean, if you played Wild Arms, it's a very similar style. They're kind of SD polygon characters who still kind of manage to have a little bit of a feel of the character designs from sprite-based RPGs. So it is, but it's good. It's fun. You should totally play it. Because it might mean more RPGs on the system which they've stopped doing quite so many because these things cost money to localize and actually publish. Cards are not cheap. And if they don't see that we're not buying these things, we're not going to get more of these things, and that's going to piss me off because I want my RPGs. Damn straight. So you all better go out buy this game. Probably nostalgia. Pre-order it. Go to game... or can't pre-order it. It's out. Post-order it. Amazon, GameStop, I don't care. You get this game. It's good stuff. Speaking of good stuff, like I said earlier, you watched a movie. A it was movie. a pretty good movie. Which came out in 1986. It's got exploding heads and everything. Violence, Jack? No, Kevin. Oh. Don't say Black Lines. We reviewed it last time. No. no, I'm talking about Fist of the North Star. The movie.
So, back in the early days, when Shonen Jump was good, I kid. No, there was a, there was, no, I mean, there's still good stuff like One Piece and One Piece. Those are good. Don't forget One Piece. I did not forget about One Piece. But there was another thing. It was called Fist of the North Star. That totally, totally predates One Piece by a good deal. Well, yes, but... And they were made by people such as... Oh, well, Burnson and Tetsuo Hara. I've never have figured out which one was the artist, which one's the writer. Or if those are even their real names. But there you go. But that was back when, during the days, Shonen Jump, where men were real men. Women were real women. Even if there were only two of them in the story. That's right. And real giant guys of giantness might be bigger and smaller depending on how the animation wants them to be. Would be real giant guys of bigger and smaller depending on how the animation wants them to be. Yeah, it's uh, you can't tell who's a main cast member because they're the size of a normal person. Whereas almost everyone else is really tiny and helpless or giant 20 foot tall guys who get punched and exploded. More importantly... They made a movie, and a TV series, and more stuff. But we're talking about the movie, which was made by the same studio who did the original TV series. Toei. I don't know, maybe, I don't maybe you've heard of them. They've know. done some shows. They did stuff? I think they did some shows. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure they did some shows. Something that began with a D. Um, maybe an S. You know. Kind of moonish. Yeah, yeah right. that, that one too. Punishing. Maybe, like, maybe that's some, some Something balls. Something about balls, yeah. Balls. Yeah, balls. No. Penguin balls. Penguin, yeah. Penguin balls. Yeah. yeah. Shows, toy. Yeah, you know the, what the hell they are. And so, what we did tonight was we went right back into my grab bag of random films, and this is what came out. So, Lisa, I watched Fist of the North Star. God, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a, such a long time. This is actually the first time I've seen it in Japanese. <laughs> Do we not watch that way back in the day over at I don't Brad's know Brad's house? I, I think no, it was Zeb's house. I think we saw it would have been in English. Oh, you're right, because it was a VHS tape. Yeah, and I'm sure it wasn't ours. So, yeah, it was dubbed. Holy crap! It was dubbed. I never thought about that. Uncle yeah, Phil. so, yeah, Uncle Phil, <laughs> yeah. man, he could never stand up to Keno. Nope. Anyways, like we said, this film was originally was out in 1986. This is very much an 80s movie. Very much. The hair, the clothes, the, the music interludes. The <laughs> you know, the, the color choices. Color choices. Yeah, this is, you know, in a blasted up post-apocalyptic Though you wouldn't notice it from the very first, like, you know, the opening scene with the credits roll. Yeah. Where it looks like it's something straight out of, you know, a sound of music. Like, I was totally waiting for, you know, to hear someone, you know, tromp out the hills are alive. Or maybe, you know, Anne or something. Then the bombs drop. Then the bombs drop. Then you start seeing eyeballs explode. And then you realize you ain't in Kansas anymore. Or if it is Kansas... Who the hell knows? You can't tell. The burned out radioactive shithole that used to be Kansas. That's right. Or the Swiss Alps. It's hard to tell. It, it could, or may, maybe it's even Japan. Maybe. I mean, 
I kind of think it's uh, in the United States, although I don't remember what in the manga made me think that's where they were, but it doesn't really matter. So, okay. Post-apocalyptic world, Kansas. There you go. Of course, this is the aftermath of a global scale nuclear war, because, you know, the Japanese don't have anything about nuclear qualms or whatnot. They're not at all bitter or no. resentful. Nope. Or no. No nope. lingering psychological scars for any reason. None. Not like, you know, things that throw uh, ships through skyscrapers. Oh, man, that's, that's one of the first things you see is this, this ruined city, wasteland everywhere. And they just start panning up to see the battleship just punctured through its skyscraper. You just gotta wonder, how the hell... <laughs> and that's how you start and end the movie yeah. it's panning to that same shot that same skyscraper the battleship jammed through it that's how you know you're in for a treat so there's this guy his name's Kenshiro so I think he's the successor to the deadly martial art Hokuto Shinkin that's Fist of the North Star for you well sort of uh <laughs> And he's traveling with his wonderful girlfriend, fiance, butt buddy, whatever, Yuria, who's got her her uh, dime sack. <laughs> yeah, her dime sack. I mean, no, I'm sorry. Senzu beans. No, it's no, totally no. Animation. Don't 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 weave this up, Brad. No, it's totally like her 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 dime bag <laughs> of grass seeds. Grass seeds. Poppies. As she's planning to. Paint the world and green and everything's going to be great and ecological and, and happy and they can live a wonderful hippie lifestyle. But this is uh, not the anime you're watching. <laughs> no. And that's why Shin of the Nanto Seiken. That's sort of like Fist of the South or some crap. No, something, something, some other form of the North Star. Yeah. Like I think one's like so Seiken would be South Star because Nan means South yeah. in Japanese. Well, you know, if you're looking at the original Asian or the original English dub, he, it's really the Fist of the North and Fist of the South. But is is the uh, Shin is represented by the Southern Cross constellation and Ken by the uh, Big Dipper, which has the North Star attached to it. So, and Shin's like, hey, hey, Kenshiro. It's a nice girl you got there. I want to do her. So, you should let me have her. Ken's like, no, no, good friend. Surely we can talk this out like sensible human beings. And Chin's like, nah, dog. This shit's going to be down with a fight. And so they fight. They kick each other. In the air. As suddenly, <laughs> to that one kick... All the major, like, joints of Kinshiro bursts out into blood. And Chin's like, ha You just got destroyed. I'm taking a woman now. Oh, wait. Before I go, let's, uh, I want to practice my, uh, finger painting. Let's just scar you for your very short rest of your life. <laughs> so you like, uh, put a hole there and a hole there. And pretty much, you know... Poked him in the chest until he had the uh, the big dipper. Yeah. In his chest. 
It's just... And of course you get these wonderfully, you know, things where they suddenly change into different screen tones let you know that it's really violent, so violent, they can't show you the full thing. Yeah, that's just Japan being Japan. Now, the story goes that there was an unedited version released in a, for, on an Italian, an Italian VHS in 1996, but we don't know if that really exists. The rumor is they've, they, the actual original uncensored original version was lost at a fire at Toei. Who knows? All I know is we totally missed a scene of a guy ripping someone's head off. But, and any version you're going to find is unfortunately going to be the weird screen tones. Yeah. And you could tell because the animation completely changes as soon as they start adding those weird filters and motion blurs and whatnot to... Which is somehow supposed to make the fact that people are exploding or being cut to ribbons or whatever else is happening. A little less violent. But it pretty much <laughs> fails at it entirely. Yeah. I, the, the tagline on the box calls it the most violent animated film of all time, and that may be true. It definitely can definitely make a claim. Especially since Violence Jack is an OAB. And so, you know, so after he uh, pokes the holes in uh, old Kim Shiro, he sort of leaves them on the ground for dead, grabs Yuri, and heads through down the sunset. Meanwhile, Ken's oldest brother, Rao, as well as his, I guess, slightly middle brother, middle brother Daddy, Ken's youngest, who are both kind of jerks. <laughs> yeah. I was all like, huh, whatever. And Jack is like, woo! Ken Cheryl's gonna be dead. Ken Cheryl's gonna be dead. Hey, there's a cliff. Yeah. Throw Ken Cheryl off the cliff. Oh, guys, gonna be dead. I'm gonna be in charge now. Drops oh, yeah. A mountain on him. She surely will never not see a, him again. Not a full mountain. He just did the cliff okay, side. Okay, he breaks like, the cliff side off. Like, by the time it gets down there, it's broken up into fine dust. Yeah. Like, it was just there just to. Show that he could punch ground. Yeah, true. And that's like the most least impressive thing you can do in this show movie <laughs> yeah. is to punch the ground. Ooh, you can punch the ground. What? Especially in the, when the scene where you see Ken come back, you know, right. a year later when the, the kids, Bat and Lynn, I guess they went for the same naming dude who named Pad. Um, <laughs> Damn you, Pad! <laughs> like, and they're like they're about to get killed, and next thing you know, you get Lumberjack Kimshiro wandering through, covered in dirt and crap, and, and facial hair, facial. Yeah, well, that's, he's Lumberjack Ken, <laughs> and, and his buildings are being cracked around him. He walks through buildings. If he doesn't happen to be walking through one, he just reaches out and punches it for the lulls, and then walks through it when it falls down. They're like, the gang members are like, oh, oh, yeah. We can take you out, no problem. Yeah, they amazingly We're badass gang run. members. They amazingly do not run when all they got is like a crossbow and a guy with a knife. Which are definitely not as effective as a building would be at killing a normal person. So. You know, they they watch the, the buildings fail to do anything. They're like, whatever, we can take this guy. We got guns, it's cool. No. They had a crossbow. No, you couldn't. Like, they shot the crossbow and he's like... Whatever. He could probably use his muscles in his chest to punch it out. 
But he did ball. He actually pulled it out just for show. Ah, pulls it out, throws it. Then he starts like punching people. And that's when the heads start exploding. <laughs> and that's in when you know you're in for a good time. <laughs> because the fact is, you're watching this for the head explosions. Let, let, let's be clear here. True. You, you want to see some heads explode. You, you, you punch in your fist of the North Star. And you watch it and, and just let it go. If you're not into the face punching action or face exploding action after the punches occur, I don't know why you're watching this film. No. And to be fair, once you reach the point where heads start exploding, you've reached the end of the majority of the talking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, you know, you do meet more characters. There's Ray, the most bored on uh, Antosake and Master ever. He does look really bored as he cuts people to ribbons with his fingertips. Now, I mean, when he's not cutting people to fingertips, he's all, like, energized and, oh, man, I'm going to save my sister from this jerkwad who calls himself the Fist of the North... <laughs> you know, he's the Fist of the North Star, blah, 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 blah. I'm the guy in charge. And it's Jaggy, who's the most useless idiot ever. I know. He, he brings a gun to a fist fight, which is actually suicide in this show. <laughs> Like, in Kishiro's like, huh, this guy sounds like a douche. Probably my brother. I'll go help you kill him. Save your sister, too. That's what I'd do. Come, kids. Yeah, the kids follow around for some reason with their pot of pot. <laughs> well, they've, they've got the little flower seeds that um, Yuria had and somehow ended up with Ken. So he goes, here, little girl. Have these seeds, and so for the entire film, you're watching this little flower grow, and you're like, "Oh boy!" And she's all like, "Hey, I'm making a flower." Everyone's like, "Good job, flower." Yeah, yeah, rock. Good. Except evil people. Yeah, they're like flowers. We don't need flowers. We don't need this. This is a land of manliness and masculinity. Your flower makes us worry you were gay. Man, these tight clothes. Masculine, yeah. that flower, gay. Yeah. This is a world that needs no, none such things. So, anyways, <laughs> you know, Jack, you know, he meets Jaggy, and Jaggy's like, "Hey Ray, you should beat up Ken for me." Got Uh-oh. your sister. Got your sister. A kid, a kid's like, "Don't do that, Ray." Don't be stupid. In a remarkably genre-savvy move, <laughs> Ken's like, he's not going to keep his word. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, it's Jaggy. It's easy. He lies. It's a dumb shit. Like, what, what the fuck? I've known him since, he's my brother. I, I like, totally known him forever. He, he always lies. <laughs> like, he should be dead, but he just threw the pressure points to keep himself at bay. Like, it's the only thing he's ever done good in his life is keep himself from dying. Which he drug out far longer than he should have. <laughs> y- yes, and... Fortunately, he met Ken this time. Yeah. And Ken's been gone for a year, getting his degree. His degree in badass. Yeah. He, uh, getting thrown off a cliff. He, he, he got apparently enough experience to take a level in badass. Yeah, he like he, he comes back. He's definitely at least got his associates. Yes. Given associates, he went to community college, got his badass degree. He's good to go. And then, you know, and then he finds out that, hey, his, uh, what's his face? Shin, his buddy, his pal, 
who's got his chick, is in Southern Cross. Never thought you'd hear that anime again, did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not Mosey Payton. No, no, no. We're, we're going to Southern Cross. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. I could probably make a joke about Southern Cross, but that would require me to have actually watched it all the way through, which no human has ever done. Or, and if they say so, they've lied. Yes. Or, no, they've lied. Yeah. And so, his adventures continue. And I'm not going to spoil the rest of it, but I'll tell you something. Some heads explode. Some mm-hmm. heads explode. And there are some characters who at least have me. There's at least one character who has his doctorate in badass. <laughs> and of course, well, that's Rao. Yes. I mean, the whole thing is that, you know, Kashiro's going after Rao, who's decided that, you know what, screw these, like, two styles of martial arts. I'm just going to become the level of a god and rule this world. I will rule this world on my horse, even though cars are apparently readily available. Oh, yeah, his horse. His horse is pretty badass. His horse is... A- like, I would say his, his horse is as badass as any other badass character in this show. Yes. Well, when you see this horse, you're like, oh, crap. I should not mess with this horse. In just about any other anime, this horse would be the most badass character. As it is, it's kind of only mid-level badass yeah. for the show. Of course, they didn't really do anything that badass. You just look at the horse and go, crap. That's a freaking... That's a badass horse. Yeah, that's bad. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's a bad, bad horse. horse. Yeah, like... Bad, bad, horse or, bad horse. Dr. Horrible. That's totally the horse. Except all black. Yeah. Well, obviously he is, you know... The evolved ultimate version of Bad Horse. Yes. I mean... Ultimate's Bad Horse? <laughs> it might be the Ultimate's Bad Horse. I mean, if you think about it, really, is not, you know, the ultimate version of Captain Hammer, Kenshiro. Well, Kenshiro's much And they've evolved nicer. beyond the need of science. Oh, yeah. So you don't have a Dr. Horrible, because the Horrible's already happened. Yeah. I'd so argue I, Kenshiro is a much nicer guy than Captain Hammer, but... Well, that's because everyone else around him are so much of the levels of dicks beyond Captain Hammer. Comparatively true. Like, you know, he has no choice but to rise above it to be a better person. Yes. So, I mean, think about it. If if Captain Hammer had Rao and Jaggy as his brother, older brothers, <laughs> yeah. do you think Captain Hammer would have turned away? No. He would have become a Kenshiro. That's what would have happened. So, the well, let's be not the here. fist of the North Star? His penis is the fist of the North Star? Well, too, well, we don't know that. I mean, it's not like he's Golgo 13. No. We don't have books letting us know that, you know, he, he's got an amazing penis. We just gotta... You know, that's that's not this anime's point, Kevin. <laughs> no. It's no, not this anime's point. No. No one gets any in this anime. <laughs> Whether they want to or not. Yeah. Overall, they more or less don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, that's... They want. It's just not about that. Other than there is kidnapping of girlfriends involved, or sisters, or whatever. Yeah, but well, I mean, maybe Jaggy probably wanted it, but he probably couldn't get it up. Well, so that's the most pleasant I mean, thought. Man, so. I mean, this is Jaggy. Like this is. Yeah, yeah this is he is I, I, he is the retard of retards in this show. Like I would you know think the gang members are more competent than Jaggy. Well, except Jaggy can punch them and they'll explode because he he knows at least a little bit of Fist of North Star. Oh, well, that's true. But man, ugh, that ups him up a little bit of a notch above your regular goon, but still. So I guess he's really the goon of goons. 
He's like the mid... Well, I don't even know if he's rightly the mid-boss, because Shin's more of the mid-boss. Uh, I don't know. He's the first hurdle. I mean, he's not that much of a hurdle. No, he's always like, ha-ha, I set fire to the ground. You can't beat that, can you? You can't I can beat just punch, fire. I can punch the ground. Crap! Yeah, it's much like... It's funnier when it's the villain who takes the strategy of the ninjas from Black Lion and just decides to set fire to anything... It doesn't seem to work out as well. <laughs> oh, man. I can go on for how stupid Jackie was. Yeah, Jackie is stupid. He's the like, villain who's the easiest to hate. Oh, yeah. Well, not even hate. It's like... It's, he's just dumb. Yeah, he, he lacks the sheer overwhelming badassery of Rao or the kind of twisted, obsessed, but basically right-hearted extremist that is Shin. Yeah, Shin just wants to make a good life for him and Ken's girlfriend. Whether yeah. whether Ken wanted that or she wanted that or not, that, that's his... And the only reason why is because, well, anyways, suffice to say, Jaggy's stupid, and he yeah. deserved everything that he got. Yes. And that's really the point of this podcast, as for me to complain about Jaggy, just so you know. As much as this show is about punching people and watching them explode, yeah, this podcast is about to go into let you know Jaggy is stupid. He's also stupid in the bad live action adaptation. Oh God, the live action adaptation! That was actually my first experience of Fist of an Our Star. <laughs> was the crappy American live action version? Yeah, that would probably <sighs> run you about five or six dollars. <laughs> that much? Yeah, sadly. Hey, that in a in a twelve you know six pack of beer that might be an interesting evening, <laughs> as long as you you know, consume at least half that you know six pack before you begin to watch it. You might want to get another six pack. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. Anyways, yeah. it really depends on how much of a light or heavyweight you are. You want it to be pleasantly buzzed at least before you start watching it. Yeah, drinking games are really easy. Someone explodes, take a drink. Yep. It's real easy to get wasted on this show, movie. Yeah, someone puts a filter over the animation, drink. Yeah, yeah it's... You will be gone before you know it. Yo, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Good movie. It is a good movie. It's not Hamlet. Well, actually, it sort of is, but not... It has similar thematic themes yeah. to Hamlet. You've got... Kinshiro, and he had a father, and his father, father died. His father's dead. Off to get revenge. Yeah, it's killed by his brother, not like his stepfather, but whatever. You know, his, but his, his brother has stepped to the level of, you know, the fist king of the world. He is the king of fisting. The new, new, that was it, the new world, new country. The new world order or something, the new century. New, new century. century, that's right. The new century. You know, Fist King of the New Century. Yeah. Which is a pretty pretty cool name. Yeah. I mean, to be the Fist King, you got to have some pretty powerful fists. One would hope. Otherwise. And, and Rao does. Yes. He is not Fist King in name only. He is totally deserving of, of being the Fist, Fist King. King. He is. Yeah. Thoughts, Rail? You pretty, you pretty much summed it up for me. I yeah, mean, it's a... 
I, I, I didn't watch this movie for the plot, though. So. Not an incredibly in-depth film. <laughs> no, it's not. No. But, you know, I mean, well, perhaps it is. Perhaps we're not seeing the, the underlying levels Well, there is here. The, the, the deep philosophical meanings of every watata that comes out of Ken's mouth. That's true. I mean, each one is really its own punctuated soliloquy on the meaning of life and death and the delicate balance there is of life and death between each pounding fist yeah. of the wata ta 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 the choice whether or whether to make head explodey or not head explodey because that is really the question it really is uh, and sometimes he doesn't yeah like every time he saves someone you know Ken will tap them up the you know boink them on the head and go hey I just fixed all your problems True, he. I'm Kenshiro. It, it, it's not as often stated, probably because they don't explode. But he can actually do a lot of fixing with his magical pressure point powers. Which I guess we should point out that there are supposed to be you know pressure points where yeah he knows every point to totally screw up your shit. Yes, in martial arts, so that merely a single punch at the right point will blow up your head. Right, and there's other stuff too, but we don't get to see much of it in the anime. Uh, and of course, you know, there is the, the wonderful line, you're already dead. Yes. Which, after he's done punching and beating you up, and you don't even realize it, you're like, ha ha, that wasn't so bad, was it? And he's like, oh really? And then your head explodes, and you don't even yeah. finish the meme. Like, some of them. <laughs> girlfriend. Yuria? Yuria. Boy, she sort of liked to talk about freaking Ken's scent. Yeah. Like, or, his, or his fragrance. His fragrance. His fragrance. His manly musk. <laughs> like, they're like, whatever. You don't smell like Ken's fragrance. I miss his fragrance. Like, like the earth. <laughs> yeah, like the earth. And I'm like, she likes the smell of his poop? I mean, what? <laughs> yes. What does she actually mean there? I mean... Anyways, good yes. film. Good <laughs> film. They just re- they just put it back out on DVD. You should totally buy it. It's good stuff. And despite the beginning opening crawls, it looked way better on the, on the high def TV than I thought it would. Yeah. Uh, and spoilers: the horse lives. Yeah, oh, yeah. The horse totally. Well, I mean, it that horse is pretty badass. Like yeah. badass. Horse. That horse is as badass as Jaggy is stupid. Yes. And I think that is... I think Ken wishes that horse was his brother, not Jaggy. Yeah, I, I think if if that horse was the was the, was the um, 
re- reborn, you know, the new master of the style instead of Jaggy. I, I think he would let the horse let st- stay the master. Yeah. I think he would. Yeah. Oh, man, the other time when, like, Jaggy. <laughs> Jaggy was dumb. Jaggy was always dumb. Back when I knew him as a kid, he was still dumb. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, man. Kenshiro put it to Jaggy. Like, it was like, damn. Like, you know, it's like one of those dispatch people. Damn. You may say, damn. Like, it was totally like, man. God, this is too late at night. Oh, well. It's true. That's what we get for going, oh, hey, we should do an awesome cast. Well, let's do it now. Yeah. Oh, sure, now it's past midnight, whatever. We'll let's, do it. It's cool. Let's watch Fist of the North Star. Let's watch Fist of the North Star. That's a great idea. almost two hours long. <laughs> let's start at 9.30. But enough about us. This is more about the film. Yeah. So how many awesomes, out of awesomes, are we going to give Fist of the North Star? Oh, they, um, damn, that's a whole lot of exploding heads of awesome. It is. I'm going I'm to give it one glorious... Black awesome horse. Awesome horse. I'm gonna out of I'm, awesome. I'm gonna give it a fist up toward the air, toward the North Star. There you go. It's a really awesome fisting. We went so long, <laughs> so it, long Kevin. without doing saying it. that. God damn it, Kevin! We were doing so good. This is why we can't <laughs> have nice things. It's, I mean, it's, can you just not wait in like another few moments? <laughs> really? Oh, James will cut that out. No, he won't. He James won't cut will that put out. it at the end after the do do like, James is going to keep this going right as it's going. Yep. Well, that's cool, because I'm going to now end it. Now, go buy the film. Go buy Nostalgia. Do it. I have commanded it. So it shall be done. I hope. That. You're already dead. You can't just do. You're already dead. It's too done. So you are already. This is the awesome cast. James edited all this up. Duh. Okay. Boop.